least one of us is. Bring the word. <laughs> so, yeah, this is um, a little bit out of my comfort zone. So thank you, David. Just a word of advice. Don't hang out with David for very long. Otherwise, you'll find yourself up here. <laughs> I have to say, though, Iron Men of God, for, those new, for the new guys that are here, um, I've been involved in this space for a couple years, and it's been amazing the impact it has had, not only on my life, but just you know, recipro- this reciprocal and, and just the ripple effect on my family, uh, my, my relationships through work, and even extended family. And I tell you what, it's, it's you guys. It's the commitment and the dedication that you guys show, coming, showing up every week to connect, uh, participating in the coffees, connecting with one another beyond here. It's what, what, it's, that is what, is what makes Iron Man what it is today. And for that, I got to say, you know, thank you to you all. Um, yeah. So before we get started, I would like to say a prayer because I do need that right now. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this um, honor and privilege uh, to be standing before these men and sharing your story and how it's weaved its way through my life. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you can give me the words and the confidence and, and just demonstrate your enthusiasm, the enthusiasm that I have for you. I also pray for each and every single one of these men. Uh, dear God, I pray that you can connect with them. I pray that you can open their minds and their hearts. I pray that you can set their hearts on fire so that they will pursue you and you can just reveal more of yourself to them. Amen. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I got to say, I had to look at the index to find out where Ecclesiastes was when David asked me to do this. So there's my theology uh, background. Um, So Greg did a great job, I thought, of breaking down chapter 3. And it's pretty clear, even when you open up the Bible and take a look at it, there's three uh, particular topics that I I believe are kind of woven through there. You have verses 1 through 8, which are seasons, you know, time to reap, time to sow. I'm going to touch on those next week. Um, The last chapters, 15 through 22, from dust to dust, we'll touch on that the the third week I'm here. But I want to stick with the middle, verses 9 through 14. See, I have to keep things simple. So really, I'm just going to focus on verse 11. Uh, Verse 11, he has made every time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So we have God's timing, eternity on a man's heart, and the story that God is weaving in all of our lives. You could probably talk 30 minutes on each one of those topics, and I'm going to do this now, I guess, in about seven. So if I start talking like an auctioneer, slow me down. Before I get into this, though, I do need to share a little bit about my story because I am in recovery from alcohol and drugs. Um, April, it was April 8th, 2013, the last day I took a pill or took a drink. Um, that's important because when I look at scripture, it's through recovery. It's because of God, God's work in my life that I am in recovery. Without God, there is no recovery. It has been one of those things, too, that you know Paul talks about a thorn in his side. Well, I've got some personality defects that run pretty deep, and it is God that keeps reminding me of those personality defects. Now that I am in recovery, those things will creep in, and it's a pretty quick reminder that, hey, man, I'm not spending enough time vertically. I'm spending too much time horizontally. I need to connect with God to put these under control. Otherwise, I'll be right back on the street and out of recovery. So it's a gift. But at the same time, it's a challenge. Now, if you spend any time with me, you understand that I've been in recovery and I've been doing this for a while. But um, I don't talk much about how I got here. And I think it's important, especially when we take a look. He has made everything beautiful in its time. 
See, I took my first drink at the age of three. My parents would share stories about how I would crack open the top of the beer cans and sip off the beer that came out. Sixth grade, drunk for the first time. High school, drink, smoked pot. Um, in college, I kicked off my drinking career in earnest and became a heavy drinker in my 20s. In my 30s, I graduated to cocaine. Um, in 2004, went to my first rehab. Uh, it was a 30-day, I'm sorry, 28-day program, and I made it for 26 days. Um, not a because I didn't graduate, wasn't a fast learner. I had so much pride. I had um, everything figured out. I, I knew more than the counselors. I knew more than all those people in recovery. They weren't my people. I didn't belong there. I'm doing well on my own. So I relapsed twice and they kicked me out. 2009, it was time for me to quit cocaine. I just, and I had a plan. I didn't have a group like this. I didn't have men in my life. Um, I wasn't able to. I didn't want people to know who I was. I didn't want people to know how bad I was. I didn't want people to know that I was such a wreck on the inside. And so my solution was I'll just drink my way through it. So that led to me becoming physically addicted to vodka or any other liquor. Uh, 2012, I was suffering blackouts days, weeks at a time. Uh, 2013, my body began to shut down. I started throwing up all the time. Started throwing up blood. That landed me in detox in South Seminole. Uh, that was April 8th, 2013. Now, I share all of this not to shock, but just to kind of show. Again, we go back. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Throughout, I mean, we're talking a couple decades of me trying to self-destruct. But the whole time, I continued to pray for God, please make this stop. Just make this stop. But I, had, I was so full of pride, and I didn't want anybody to know what was going on. So, I mean, there was no opportunity for me to share anything with anyone. So God had to break that down. He had to break it down so that when I got out of detox on a Thursday, we were sitting in a Starbucks up in Longwood. It was my wife. Her bags were packed. She was, she was ready to leave. It's my parents who were scared to death that I was going to die. And a man by the name of Jim Whitley, who was from my church, he's sitting at that table talking to my parents and my wife as though I'm not there. Now, I'm a 42-year-old man and with everything figured out. And he says, we need to treat Mike like an infant. He's in absolutely no condition and in no position to make any decisions on his own. And that was hard. In that moment, though, was the very first time I have ever surrendered to truth. And that just set up the dominoes so that they could fall and get me closer to God into recovery and repair relationships. You know, if it weren't for that timing, if it weren't for God's perfect timing, I don't know how I would have responded to that. Well, I have a pretty good idea. Had that message been delivered a week, month, two months, years earlier, it would have fallen on deaf ears, probably struck me to anger and lashing out. So the second part of this, so he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into a man's heart. I was baptized for the first time at the age of 13. Grew up in a Christian home, knew God, had a relationship with God. I was pretty tight with God in high school, drifted a little bit away in my 20s. But, you know, when I was in the pit in my 30s, I prayed all the time, God, please just take this away. But I never lost hope. I knew throughout the whole time that God was with me, that God had created me for bigger things and better things. It was a bit of a double-edged sword because I'm like, I know you want more for me, God, but I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. 
fixed me? How does this happen? Mark, in Mark chapter 5, he talks about the, the woman uh, the bleeding chronically, crawling through the crowd to touch Jesus' cloak. I'm like, God, you know, that would totally be me. If Jesus, if you're on earth, I'd hunt you down because I know you have that healing power. So eternity had been set on my heart. And, and, and something I have to remind myself even today is, and I think this is really cool if you think about it. So in Psalm 139, you know, it speaks about, he knew us before we were formed in the womb and we were fearfully and wonderfully made. We were made intentionally. He knew, he knows our names. He knew our name. We were written in the book of life before we were ever born, before time was even created. And he did that intentionally, not just for our time here, but time spent with him in eternity, forever. This is just a speck on a wall when we take a look at the time that we're spending with eternity. So to me, that means so much more to think that, wow, God made me so that I can spend time with him forever. I got to remind myself of that over and over, especially when I pick up that club and beat myself over the head. So he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put every, I'm sorry, he's put eternity into man's heart. It's so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Well, this is our story when it comes to sharing the gospel. See, I've always been nervous about sharing the gospel, a little intimidated. But I tell you what, being in recovery has made it so much easier. People are coming to me looking for help. God is using that now. And the answer is, my first question is, do you believe in God? If they say no, I'm like, I don't know if I can help you. If they say yes or maybe or I'm open to it, then we're off and we can share. And then there is hope. See, but I also know, too, that God is not a chess player. So when it comes to weaving our stories, it's not like we're making decisions and he's coming back and cleaning up the mess. God is the creator and the author of our lives. He has written it. And it's almost like a play. If you think about a play, you've got the writer, the director, the producer, the stagehands that are doing everything, making sure everything is set up. That is God in our lives. You know, he transcends time. He sees the beginning, he sees the end, and he knows everything in between. So it's like looking at a timeline for him. But he also knows our hearts throughout all of that. It blows my mind to think about it. And again, I have to remind myself that um, we're finite and he's infinite. So... Don't even try, Mike, because it won't happen. But I do know this for a fact. I do know that God goes before us. And as he plans our stories, it's not by accident. It's not by mistake. And there are several examples of this. Our church has baptism twice a year, once in the fall, once in the spring. I went into detox on a Monday, got out on a Thursday. We happened to have a baptism the following Sunday. My daughter was already scheduled for that baptism. I called up the church and just said, hey, because they were aware of what was going on. And they said, hey, you know, can you, um, I can, can I get baptized on Sunday with her? And they said, yeah, the most beautiful day of my life was being baptized April 14th, 2013 with my daughter, which just so happened to be my wife's birthday. What a great way to kick off recovery. Wonderful day. April 15th, the next day, one of the lowest moments in my life, as I headed up to Gainesville off the Florida Recovery Center for my second stint in recovery. But this time was a little different. I knew how to surrender. But it was cool because I was reminded in that low moment as I'm knocking on the door to go into the dorm where I'm going to live with three strange guys, a bunch of drunks, addicts, uh, for the next 30 days, I knock on the door, they welcome me in, and they said, hey, I hope you don't mind, 
but we host a Bible study here every night at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, that'd be great. And they said, by the way, we're going through this Bible, the recovery Bible, the same Bible I had in my backpack that I bought a decade earlier to get me through the pit. Can't tell me that God does not go before us and write this story. And it was just a further, just, just another reminder that as I take these steps in fear and I walk because I don't know what's going to happen next, that God has laid out those stones, not just now, but that stone has been laid out well before I ever was even put in that position. Just a big confidence builder for me, again, to override some of my character defects. So now I have a challenge for you guys as I wrap this up. Take a look at your lives. And as we peel this back, so he has made everything beautiful in his time. We can all look and examine our lives and say, hey, man, that was God's timing. There's no way that I could have written that or done that any better than he did. Take a look at that. Accumulate those. He has put eternity in, he has put eternity in every man's heart. I know that. You guys are here in this room. You're seeking. You're looking. Even if it's your first time, depending on where you are in your walk, eternity has been placed in your heart. Scripture says every man's heart, and you're seeking, which is fantastic. So now you can take these tools, and you can begin to weave your own story, and it gives you a great opportunity to share God's gospel, how it's impacted your life, working in your life, so that you can now encourage one another, not only in here, but at home, and at work, and with your neighbors. And I'll leave you with this. God is providential. He oversees all. God's timing is perfect. And our story is not about us. Everything is for God, is from God, and it is about God. Thank you.